The Cryptonaut Podcast is brought to you by Cryptid Crate. Cryptid Crate is a monthly subscription box filled with various cryptozoology and paranormal-themed items to wear, display, and collect. You can expect a carefully curated box filled with creeptastic pieces from indie makers and artisans pertaining to Bigfoot, Sasquatch, UFOs, ghosts, and other cryptid and mysterious creatures. Be sure to visit cryptocrate.com and at checkout use our promo code GRAMPUS, that's G-R-A-M-P-U-S, to get 20% off your first monthly box. All right, so while I got you here, there's a couple of quick announcements to go over before we get started with the show. So last week I got to do a special guest spot on the uh, Monsters Among Us Beyond Patreon bonus episode. So uh, our good buddy Derek from the Monsters Among Us podcast has a Patreon campaign going, and he brought me on uh, for a bonus episode, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, we got to talk. Uh, it was you know great time talking with him. Uh, Two hour episode. We talked about Asian vampires and. Uh, Thunderbird, possible Mothman, uh, Devil Monkeys, had some Loveland Frogmen talk towards the end there. So you should totally check that out if you are a Patreon member. And if you're not a Patreon member, you know, sign up, man. It's totally worth it. Four bucks, you get a bunch of really cool uh, extra content per month, you know, video and audio, which is super cool. So yeah, that's the uh, Monsters Among Us Patreon uh, campaign. Check that out. And uh, yeah, if any of you guys out there, Hear my episode, hit me up, let me know what you think. It was a great time talking with Derek. I've been a huge fan of his podcast uh, since day one. So definitely check that out. Also, too, we recently launched some merch over at T Public. Uh, the link for our T Public store will be in the description of this episode. We have our podcast logo up currently. We've got t shirts, we've got long sleeves, we've got hoodies, we've got uh, travel mugs, we've got coffee cups, stickers. All kinds of merch with our podcast logo on it. Uh, so yeah, if you want to help support the show, go ahead, grab yourself some merch. It uh, you know it comes right back. The money comes right back to us. It, uh, it totally helps us, you know, keep the show going. Uh, and thank you too to everyone who has already made purchases. Uh, that is greatly appreciated. We can't thank you enough. It means the world to us to see the people supporting the show. So uh, yeah, again, the link for our T Public store will be in the description of this podcast. You can go check that out. And without further ado, Christopher, cue the creepy music. Cryptonaut Podcast. I'm Mark Storrs, and with me as always is... Chris. And... Rob Morphy. We are on the social medias, uh, the Facebooks, which is currently going through some information with the FBI, but we'll see how that pans out. Truly. No big deal. Instagrams, uh, Twitters. Um, yeah, if you're not following us on Instagram or Twitter, be sure to hit us up there. We have a lot of conversations with a lot of people, and they are all very nice and exciting and fun to talk to. That is a nice change of pace it, yeah, it is. for it's, the internet. It, you know, I didn't want... You know what? 
it really is because it is. <laughs> I have I have my personal Twitter account and then I have the Kryptonaut person the Kryptonaut Twitter account and I go into the Kryptonaut account and like everyone's cool and things are creepy and fun and exciting and people are sending emojis and it's just a bunch of fun. And then I go to my personal one. I'm like, fuck, this <laughs> sucks. This is the worst place ever. The world is a hellscape dominated by lies and betrayal. And, of course, Instagram is mm. always fun because it's a bunch of pictures. And I'm starting to learn how to do Instagram stories, so watch out for those. Oh, I'm, well, I won't because I'm not on, stories. but I'm excited for you. I don't know what they are. I'm still learning. Hey. Yeah. Uh, be sure to rate and review this podcast on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app. That helps us out greatly, and we have some reviews. Um, so our first re- review here comes from Final Girl 627 with a five-star review. The title of the review is The Creature from the Podcast, and it's cut off, but I, so I can't read the rest of it. Uh, but she goes on to say, The old-school creature feature brought to life. Love me a good monster story, and these guys have them. Love their format for stories of uh, lesser-known cryptids. Great show, great hosts, very informative. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you, Final Girl. Word. Thank you very much, Final Girl. Series of numbers that I don't remember. <laughs> uh, six, that was very Final sweet. Girl 627. Uh, the next one comes to us from A. Frisk. And it's a five-star uh, rating. It says, all the best. I sincerely do love this podcast. It takes the proper light comedic approach to a very goofy subject. Also, they hit home with some very obscure topics that even a nerd like myself hasn't much heard of. Well, wow. that's awesome. Yeah. They both hit on uh, fundamental truths that I think are, are near and dear to us. Final Girl being that we are old-school monster fans, and this is yeah, like... We are. We're digging through like what could be obscure old movies. It's just they're obscure old ostensibly genuine accounts and yeah. uh, and the idea that we want to bring some of the more obscure thing or you know lesser known things to light yeah was what's touched on by the second uh, gentleman. A, a frisk so a frisk. thank you guys and thank you for noticing yeah. it shows you care yeah i think uh you know a lot of what we do is the more obscure stuff um and we've talked about this before eventually we're going to get to more mainstream stuff but- and probably the weird tangents of the mainstream yeah, stuff. Yeah, but for now, well, it's yeah. just, I think it's more exciting to talk about lesser-known stuff because there's not like a, a gigantic debate about like a photograph or a video. It's just like, hey, here's some cool stuff. Here you go. I agree. Perfect. Well, there's tons more weird stuff than there's for known stuff. That's true. There is. Known is still not really known and still... Yeah. The known unknown the known <laughs> versus is, the I unknown mean, unknown. I mean, yeah. yes. Well, if we do something like uh, Nessie at some point, which was my all-time favorite cryptid as a kid, I, I still am fascinated by it, and it's definitely bucket list material to make a pilgrimage to his shores. There's lots of weird sightings of land-based Nessies yeah. that are eating sheep and crossing roads and mm-hmm. sunbathing that you don't often get to hear, and a lot of them aren't the prototypical plesiosaur. So I'm f- you know, giving well, a little hint of something we're going to do. So even when we tackle normal subjects in the future, we will probably be tackling the weirdest aspects yes. of well-known subjects. Yeah, but anyway, I hope you guys continue to enjoy it because that's probably what we're going to continue well, to yeah. do. Yeah, totally. Totally. So this week we got the El Verde Entity, Alien, Cryptid, Demon, or Radioactive Mutant. Isn't that fun? That's a fun one right there. Okay. So we're going to get this started off here. In the autumn of 1973, a tragic incident took a turn towards the terrifying when a search for a missing child turned up instead a demonic entity that seems to have emerged from the bowels of hell itself. Ooh. Itself. So it stopped being fun pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. There's a missing child and something came from hell. Have a fantastic Monday morning, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to a pleasant night's sleep. (laughs) 
Okay, I'm going I'm to give you guys a little geography here. All right. Sprawling over 28,000 acres in the northeastern portion of Puerto Rico, El Yunque National Forest is a biologically diverse subtropical rainforest harboring hundreds of rare amphibians, reptiles, birds, and flora, many of which are indigenous only to this region. There are those, however, who believe that this foreboding forest may also be the domain of an unspeakable horror, one that might even be responsible for the disappearance of a child or worse. During the waning days of October 1973, at approximately 9 p.m., Jose Alomar Sr. and the mother of his children, Ana Dominguez, drove down the rugged, unpaved roads toward El Verde, a densely forested region in the... I'm sorry, a densely forested area in the northern region of the El Yunque National Forest. They were accompanied on this journey by their daughter and some additional friends. The group was not on a sightseeing expedition. Their task was far more solemn. Just three months earlier, Dominguez and Alomar's youngest child, Jose Alomar Jr., had vanished without a trace in this area. Oh, really? Yeah, it sucks. Oof. I mean, that just sucks. There's no, I mean, as fun as these stories can be, that patina yeah, a missing weighs child heavy is, for is, everyone. Yeah, super dark that that sucks. Jose Jr.'s family and friends were returning yet again to the scene of this potential crime, no doubt praying for a breakthrough in the search or perhaps even an outright miracle. The disappearance of Jose Jr. was as tragic as it was mysterious. Tragic due to the overwhelming anguish that afflicts any family following the sudden disappearance of a child. Mysterious not only because the whereabouts of the child was unknown, but also because the circumstances surrounding Jose's unexplained exodus has yet to be fully explained. For reasons undisclosed, Jose Sr. pulled in front of an isolated or possibly abandoned ranch house and began searching the grounds accompanied by his friends. One almost has to assume that this was the site of their son's disappearance, but there is nothing that indicates that specifically. I don't know why they were searching this area around this house, if this was the last place they were when they saw their son, or if they heard a rumor that maybe a child had been seen there. I, I just don't know, but, so we have to speculate. Yeah, right. But it is a pretty... De- I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty desolate it's, 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 forest. It's the, only, it's the only national forest that's a rainforest in the United States. That's okay. one interesting thing. Right. It's not huge by comparison to other national parks mm-hmm. but it's still big densely forested um you know it ha- it's occupied by the native tayano people and they mm-hmm. live in, in the area and so there's lots <clears throat> of spiritual legends associated with it and like all forests i mean if a child gets lost there it can get very dangerous so maybe he's yeah. thinking that because you know his son was lost and they did had this ranch house that maybe if his kid happened to find this ranch house, and maybe his kid's hanging out there. Sure. You know, all of that, these that are that valid. Would, that would make sense instead of hanging out in the middle of a forest. If, if you see, Well, you got to check, like, a shelter of some yeah, sort. Yeah, some kind of shelter. So like I guess that, it so. kind of makes sense why he would do it. It, it, it does. You know? It does. But at this point, let's like say, we don't we don't know if it had something really? directly to do with the actual vanishing of this child. Oh, or okay, gotcha. if it's just right. another place to search. Okay. Anna and her daughter had either requested or been commanded to remain in the car, which was parked near the roadside. The mother and daughter huddled together inside the vehicle as the, man, as the men disappeared from view. Exhausted and despondent, Anna rested her head against the glass of the passenger side window. That was when she heard the voice of her missing son calling to her from the darkness beyond the glass. Mm. Startled and probably a little bit elated, I mean, at the thought of hearing her son calling out, you have to imagine, Anna peered into the inky void but was unable to find the source of the sound. The voice of Jose Jr. emanated again, this time from the left side of the vehicle, the other side of the vehicle. Anna and her daughter clearly heard him repeat his request, open the door, I'm back. That's just got to be the best 
but it is not going to continue to be the best moment. Oh, man. Kids' I'm voices back. in the darkness. But when it's your son who's been missing yeah, for three that's months. that's the thing is you kind of you know, you get your, your hopes I, I mean, up I can't imagine like, the kind of no, anguish Jesus, and no. despair and confusion and terror and sorrow. I just, oh, man. There's just no way. I, I, true dead moment. I lost my kid once at Billy B's. And I, I think he was maybe gone for like, I don't know, six minutes, but I fucking lost, lost it. And mind. now, mind you, in Billy Bees, they are literally corralled and tagged mm-hmm. where they can't leave. So it Because it's a child's place. It's like because, a Chuck E. Cheese type set. Yeah, I lost him because the yeah. place is so big, but he was so small. Right. And that oh, just, yeah. like, you know, disappointing dad moment. Well, sure. But, it happens. But then I was like, hey, he's fine. He's in a pen. They're going to do anything. He can't leave. He literally can't leave. And no one can take them without me being there. Still, so, it's got to be the kind of terror that you yeah. cannot yeah. compare to anything else. Yeah, and so when my son's older and listens to this, I'm sorry, buddy. But we found you and you're safe. So there you go. Right on. So they hear missing Jose Jr.'s voice say, open the car door, I'm back. Instinctively, Anna reached for the lock. But before she could disengage the mechanism, she noticed her daughter's eyes expanding, expanding excuse me, in unmistakable terror. With a trembling finger, the little girl pointed outside the window. Anna followed her child's gaze with ga- and gasped in horror. Looming over the windshield was a seven-foot-tall, shadow-shrouded, and impossibly thin non-human entity, which Anna described as having, and this is her own quote, a huge egg-shaped head, long pointy ears, and two huge black oval-shaped eyes. Mm. Anna would further state that no other facial features were visible as the entity's <laughs> visage was cloaked almost entirely in darkness. So that's not the shit you want to see at that point. No. Or any point. No, in your and it's life. looming over your windshield? So So is it standing on like the hood of the it's car? It's so or? thin that the way it's described, it was just so thin that it could not possibly be a human being. Like right. just ridiculously thin, well over normal proportion height. Yeah. A head that's bigger than what a human head would usually be, mm-hmm. shaped like an egg, these giant pointy Vulcan ears, these huge black eyes that are just staring, lidless eyes that are staring uh, mm. down at them. So at first she has this this burst of joy at hearing the voice of her missing child, and then she sees this thing, which just understandably a lot of people think might be a paranormal entity rather than something biological, just based on its description alone. Right, right. Okay. The terrified pair stared silently at the unblinking eyes of the ebony fiend when it suddenly lunged forward, placing its large, three-fingered, chicken-claw-like hand flat against the windshield. I don't know why I did that, but that <laughs> sucks. Like, yeah. That's like it reaches out and just... just oh. it, it, you almost feel like it's like one of those sloppy hits. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't, yeah. It's, it doesn't say it's slime or anything, but when you just see a three-fingered... Just smacking your windshield, just yeah. go bloop, and it looks like a... Black chicken claw, a Ugh. talon of a poultry. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it's a gross. Talon of a poultry, <laughs> which is possibly a metal album. Oh, it could be a talon of a poultry. Come it's, on, it's, you'd buy it. It's the next brutal truth record. Brutal. Double live. Oh my god! All right. It was then that Anna's maternal instincts took over, and she began slamming on the car horn and shrieking for her boyfriend to come save them. Just when it seemed as if their fates had been sealed, Jose Sr. and his makeshift posse came running from around the back of the house, but by the time they arrived at the car, the thing, whatever it may have been, had vanished. The panicked woman and child told the men about the creature they had seen. Most disturbingly, they both swore that the voice they heard was that of Jose Jr. However, Anna was unsure if they had actually heard the voice audibly or if it had been implanted in their minds telepathically. It's interesting that she notes that. Yeah, that's a weird... Because she's like, I, it's like, <clears throat> you feel like you hear it. 
Right. And she couldn't see the thing's mouth if it even had one. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that we'll get to that in a minute, but, you know, it makes you think what kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Could, could it's be, weird. Create this kind of impression. We'll, we'll talk about that okay. in a second. <clears throat> it is unreported and difficult to imagine what Jose Sr.'s reaction was to his family's unbelievable tale. But he was likely swayed towards sympathy simply by the sheer terror in the eyes of his wife, or common-law wife technically, and daughter. So ends the only official recorded run-in with the El Verde entity. But that leaves us with questions as to what the hell Ana Dominguez and her daughter encountered back in October of 1973. Some of the conclusions are, are pretty obvious, but I'll just go through them and then we'll, we'll get to it. There are some who assume that based on the fact that it was able to communicate to the women that this thing was not a traditional animalistic cryptid, but an intelligent being. But what kind of intelligent being? Based on its disturbing appearance, as well as, as the implied cruelty of speaking to the woman using the voice of a missing loved one, there are those who have speculated that the El Verde entity is clearly of demonic origin. The hypothesis further implies that the creature's intention was to lure the women out of the car in order to abscond off with them in the same way that they likely did with Jose Alomar Jr. three months earlier. Hmm. What's interesting to note, and, and, and we talked about the Tiano people that, that live in the region, they do think that certain mountains in this national park are infested with spirits, but mostly good spirits. So it's not hmm. like uh, you know, the, there's this thing called the Yukuyu. I might be mispronouncing it, but that's like a noble spirit of the mountain. So it's yeah. not like there's, at least as far as my research could tell, um, evil paganistic spiritual entities. But the people that are speculating that it's a demon aren't coming at it from a paganistic point of view. They're coming at it from a Catholic point of view. So, but the spirits in the mountain, that, that wouldn't be anything related to Catholicism. Uh, well, no, but... So that's... I mean, but... but you also know that all indigenous beliefs are right. eventually integrated by missionaries into the current framework. Oh, I mean, that's the way gotcha. of the crusader. That's right, the way of right. the missionary. Right. But as far as I could tell, I mean, there's only, we're, uh, sorry, where there's evil or good spirits, there's usually evil spirits. Right. If there's one yeah. thing all older religions have, it's balance, usually. Oh, yeah, you can't have it. It's not one or the other. Yeah, it's, it's... not usually just a, a multitude of vile and a mul or a multitude of glorious, good, and noble. Right. So, But I don't know. I don't know much about Tino beliefs or okay. or what other things might be going on in the, in the region. But but it's worth mentioning that, uh, that there is some uh, belief in spiritual entities living in that area. All right, so the first uh, possibility here is a demon. So, yes. Well, maybe. Possibly. Those of a more secular predisposition also acknowledge that the being's evident intelligence separates it from traditional cryptids, but are less inclined to think of the thing as devilish and are more disposed to believe it is of extraterrestrial origin. These theories are less likely to ascribe specific motives to the El Verde entity's actions, though one would not be going out on too treacherous a limb to assume its ultimate intention was likely the abduction of the women. Just because that's what aliens fucking do. They love to steal people, take their ovums, take their eggs, no, well, that's make the do. hybrid babies. It's the alien way. Yeah, We yeah. all know that. Tinker around with bots. Probins. Ah, uh, tinkering with bots. Probins Jenkins. <laughs> famous alien prober. Okay, so demon alien. All right. All right, so here's something that I stumbled across. And this is where we get into uh, the Marvel Comics portion of the evening. 
And that is, uh, I, w- I, I found this PDF that was uh, released by the, the U.S. Energy uh, Group or whatever, right. you know, organization. And it says about the El Verde site specifically. Uh, it is situated in study area four of a facility known as the El Verde Field Station, a research facility that occupies 173 acres. The El Verde Field Station began operations as the El Verde Rainforest Project in 1963. The U.S. Atomic Energy Commission, a predecessor to the agency of the U.S. Department of Energy, that's what I was stumbling over a second ago, the U.S. Department of Energy, sponsored the project through the the Puerto Rico Nuclear Center, later renamed the Center for Energy and Environmental Research at the University of Puerto Rico. The project emphasized research on forest ecosystem ecosystem processes such as nutrient cycling, energy flow, and response to gamma radiation. Oh, you don't. So, of course, no. the Hulk's there. They're making <laughs> yeah, baby or, Hulk. Or this super uh, sketched out tall thing, telepathic. Yeah. But then again, I mean, radiation gets uh, cancer and not. Radiation Powers. physically can change things. It depends things. on the level. You don't know. Okay, uh, let me continue here. Okay. Radioactive <laughs> isotopes were applied to the soil and vegetation at El Verde during the next several years to conduct a variety of projects related to the effects of gamma radiation on rainforest vegetation. Something we're all curious about. I mean, I don't, for a day, just not wonder, stop and look at a rainbow or a butterfly or a Taco Bell drive through and say... How is gamma radiation going to affect this? Yeah. <laughs> How quickly will tumors form in this Taco Bell that I'm eating at? Yeah. Oh. What happens if you get radioactive isotopes and put it in a sweet, sweet Angelo's pizza? Ooh. Does it grow wings? And fly into your mouth. And teeth, yeah. <laughs> and then eat you from and the inside out. You, yeah, I wouldn't exactly. want it to fly in my mouth. No, that's well, too much. I want to judge just how much I put yeah. in my mouth. It just seems like you shouldn't time. be doing this to a rainforest. I mean, even in the, what, what year was this, 63? I mean, okay, It started maybe, in 63. Maybe they didn't know any they better, but like, I don't know, a couple guys die, you should be like, bad idea. Well, I mean, I don't know if anyone died during this research project. I just assumed that. Yeah, now you're you just assume, throwing, Yeah, no, you're you're ascribing okay. deaths that we don't yeah. know about. You just, but you made a movie in your head. And no, you're like, I did. Nah. You're right. I did. It was kind of like after out, all those deaths. It was kind of <laughs> like wait, what? <laughs> it, it was kind of wait like, a minute. It was like outbreak and like The Walking Dead and like yeah, and it might still be there waiting yeah. to happen. So okay, maybe we can't necessarily judge their approach to testing radioactive isotopes in the rainforest, but. We are a future people now, and we know that that's not a good thing to do. Well, they did eventually. They did eventually stop the radioactive research in this area. Thank God. But radiological surveys conducted at El Verde in the 1980s and 90s identified areas of elevated radioactivity that remained from earlier research. Hmm. By 1996, decontamination and cleanup efforts had removed all contamination from the site except for a tree in study area four. The tree, a mataiba. Had been injected with uh, cesium one thirty seven in nineteen sixty eight and required periodic monitoring and access controls. So wait, what, I, what I did know, they do to what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Access controls. I, I, I know. I understand, and I apologize to our listeners that we're getting we're going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but I feel like we have to. No, First we have off, to discuss this. I, I don't know much about cleaning nuclear waste, especially nuclear waste that was introduced into an ecosystem specifically to fuck it up to see what happens. By yeah, I don't the know. U.S. Like, government, of course. Like, is there like a, a kind of vacuum? They just yeah, kind yeah, of suck shit up. Yeah, like, where's the no. atomic vacuum? They just, there isn't. Yeah, they can't. You gotta. 
actually cancel it out with something. Yeah, I, I, I feel I, like, here's right? The, but here's the further question. Because we're scientists and we know stuff. I think yeah, a no, lot we're, of it, though, super brilliant. Yeah. is kind of like an Onondaga Lake, how they removed all the pollution from the bottom of the lake by dredging it up. I think it's almost like you have to dredge the but soil. But how do you dredge a rainforest? But then where does it go when you dredge it up? I don't remove I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you dredge it, it just goes into the air? Anything you know, or you put it in barrels and then try to store it somewhere. But why? In water? No, here, no i got to stop here. Because we don't know anything about decontamination. We'll admit that. Why could they not fix this one fucking tree? Like, what about this tree they had to was be so monitored. resolute in being yeah. gamma-radiated well, or cesium-radiated? It says that, that they introduced something into the tree, right? Yeah, and now it's fucking so permanently radioactive. It had to be monitored and something about like, access, access controls. Does that worry you? What yeah. does that mean? It because sounds like the tree has fucking eyes, and it says hi to you when you walk by it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound hey, good. Hey, hey Mark. It, yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> okay, so, but I wonder Jeez. if maybe if this radioactive, uh, if maybe it got into the root system, and maybe that's why they couldn't. Get it up because I mean, apparently it's just one tree, yeah, which is still weird. Which it seems like to me, like, fucking burn the tree, all right? So, all right, so now, now here's where the fiction writer and me that that love stories you can't help but to go to Stranger Things in your mind where there's like a government facility and they open a portal to the filthy, dandruff ridden upside down, and scummy creatures exist there. And, and of course, one of the portals in Stranger Things is through a tree in a random forest. You almost have to wonder, and I know. I know it's not real. I get that. But the fact that there's a radioactive tree that they continue to monitor in this once, you know, experimental region, yeah. the, the Sector 4 or whatever, yeah. that, that they just have to keep an eye on. And then there happens to be in that same area a child that went missing yeah. and an unexplained entity that can mimic things that you love to try to get you to open a door and give it access. Sounds an awful goddamn like Stranger Things. Except that this happened in 1973. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they could have done research and, well, they were talking about like the Montauk mm. incident and like MK Ultra and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, but... who knows what they stumbled across along the way? And, and maybe this is one of the ones, so this is a fairly obscure case, but but I'm, I'm less concerned with how inspired, right. you know, the brothers Duff or whatever were. The tree is interesting. I'm, I I'm wonder why they couldn't. The, <clears throat> the idea that this place, is, this is a setup. Totally. Talk about like old school movies. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like, like Hell of the Living Dead or something like that where right. the pollution just wreaks havoc. There's no reason to associate them except for that they both happened in the same region. Yeah. It's weird. But all right. Let's get back to the actual entity. Okay. I don't know if I buy extraterrestrial. People always love when something is slightly more intelligent than uh, than your average animal. They're like, well, it can't be from this planet because human beings are the only intelligent things here. I feel like that's kind of arrogant. It seems to be born in the evidence, which I get because we don't know of a lot of species on Earth that like can outclass us at you know pinochle or some shit. I don't right. know, but pinochle. Yeah, I know. I was trying to come up with some cards. <laughs> Are you better at cards than me, crabgrass? But, um, but there's no reason to assume that this is extraterrestrial based on the fact that we don't know how intelligent other things can be that might live in the ocean or no. irradiated forest. No. Yeah, well, I mean, just like saying drugs, it's going to be an option always. I feel like a just like diabetes, 90, yeah. nine out of ten things. It... So I think we have to just kind of dismiss that one out of hand. No UFO. Yeah, no. So I mean, there's, there's no there's, other there's reported no, something. Or... It's, it's not, I mean, if this area of Puerto Rico was a hotbed for UFOs, then okay, I would get it. But I mean, there's no, there's any reported cases, anything like that. In Puerto Rico, plenty. Right. But, Scads. But in there's area, always a UFO flap going on there, right. but not in this specific area that I've been All able right, to find so, at this specific man. time. If it's a cryptid, 
If it's a, a, a cryptid, it's just an unknown animal. Right. Basically, simply, that's it. If it's an animal, there, there are, you know what, there are certain uh, things from the South American jungle and even Scottish folklore where um, they're able to, these creatures are allegedly able to imitate the sound of a crying baby or something. And it's supposed to mm, lure uh, the maternal instinct in, or even the protective instinct in a man, a maternal instinct in a woman to say, it's a baby in jeopardy. I have to go right. save it. And that's really a predator's way of seducing a victim into its grasp. Is that what, um, what are those things yeah. from Japan that do that? Is it, uh, is it the uh, Kappa, maybe? Yeah. Do they do that, or am I making that up? Well, they might. Am I transposing something out of that? I, I, that I wouldn't be do? surprised. I don't know okay. all the things Kappa do. I know they have little bowls on their head, and if you knock the water <laughs> yeah, out, no, they, they, fuck do them your, up. they do your bidding. Yeah. And that's my Kappa knowledge right there. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I could be uh, getting my cryptid lore uh, completely well, mistaken. It, but it's, it's, not, it's not even relegated to like one continent or another. I know South America has some. Right. I know Europe has some. Maybe all over. But that would be... An adaptation that would make a lot of sense in a predator. Predatorily speaking, yeah, it's kind of like us doing like a duck call or like a turkey call. Yeah, ex- it's the yeah same exactly. Thing, yeah. You know, except that it's a baby, and everyone. I mean, even us. I mean, we're you, you, well, you're a father. Chris and I are, are hardened bachelors, whatever that would mean. But <laughs> but if I had a baby Walmart. crying Walmart. randomly in a shrub, I would go to try to help said baby. Dude, when I hear a baby well, crying sure. in a Walmart, I'm like, why is no one taking care of that baby? Well, sure. What is your problem? Be a better parent. Fair. Don't lose your kids to Billy Bees. Like I did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bring it home. I, I hold myself. Like me. I hold myself to a higher standard when I hear a crying baby. I, I require someone to take care of that child. Fair enough. Know? Well, you know, that is kind of a creepy, really, really creepy, but kind of genius way for another for an animal to lure in a human, though. But I still don't think of this as a typical. First off, there are obviously bipedal mm. animals, but this is humanoid. It's got a large head, which indicates it probably has a large brain. It has large eyes. When you have large eyes, you need a lot of brain matter to right. process the input into those eyes. The damn thing is so skinny and tall, though. I mean, it's, it's clearly tall, inhuman. Super skinny, yeah. But I'm just thinking, and, and of course, we're all animals. All actually, biological things are animals. But I don't know if I think of this as an, uninten- an unintelligent you know, animal it actually, that can mimic humans. It almost has it almost right. has the characteristics of vegetable man. I was kind as of going down that road a little bit, in, too. Well, but, and didn't veg, veg, I can't say the word, vegetable man. Did I say it right? Vegetable? Vegetable. Yeah. Didn't he have pointy ears, too? Yeah. And he had hypnotizing eyes. Yes, he did. Son of Swirly a... Is this, is this our first crossover where, like, the this could be a possible sighting of another cryptid? Of a similar type? A similar type. Well, they're both impossibly thin. Though the, the vegetable man, in all fairness, was literally a stalk of fucking celery. Like, that thing was yeah. so thin <laughs> that it was just absurd. Like, right. it should have flown away like a kite. This does have the characteristics, though. Tall, this skinny, This is super ears, thin. Eyes. It's got large eyes. Well, this has more traditional pointy ears. And, well, you know, I guess the vegetable man had big, weird, branchy, rabbity ears. Yeah. Um, well, but I guess what makes me want there to be an association there, as I said, is the fact that there's that fuck sucking radioactive tree that they have to yeah. monitor. And in my mind, it's like people in yellow hazmat suits with M16s, like making sure <laughs> yeah. it doesn't unroot itself like and the walk Tabanga, away. <laughs> yeah. like from hell it came, that monster from the 50s that was a giant yeah. face tree uh, going around killing, you know, villagers. It, yeah, you, it, can't uh, really, you can't really ignore that bit of information. No, that's like... Is that tree still alive? 
And if so, why? And is it under guard? Yeah, and, like, and shouldn't it be destroyed they, why do, by now? Why do they monitor no, it? it's got to be... Why, why didn't they just chop it down and deal with there's it? There's got to be something in it that either... It's blackmailing people. Maybe that's what I was like, waiting I for. We start with a dis- with the disappearance of a child, which is the most horrible thing with ever. And I'm thinking to myself, how are we going to bring this to anything besides... Horrible missing children no. that Chris came up with. Thank you. Thank or you or there's got to be something to it where it's, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what? Some knowledge or for, it's got for, something for, that they, for, that's, there's a reason me, why they're not destroying it. The first thing that popped in my mind, again, pure imagined speculation, was that there's like a notch in the tree that's just there, but that can kind of slop open vaginally, if you will, and oh. in it sleeps... The what? El Verde entity. Like, it, it's part of the tree. It's part plant. It's gotten its intelligence both from the nutrients of the forest and the gamma radiation. And it lives in the tree. Like the and thing... they keep a watch on it. And mostly it doesn't get out. But when it does get out, little kids beware. Uh, I mean, cinematically speaking, that's a great movie. Yes. Like, re- that's reality re- speaking. Re- re- that's terrible. It's a bunch of shit. And yeah. I know it. But I yeah. can't help but. That's where my imagination well, instantly goes. But if you, I can, it's a see, minion of the tree, it, well, or, or part of the it's tree, part of the tree, or maybe it's the <laughs> spirit of the tree that can now go and wreak vengeance on the damage that the or government is it the trees did to the enforcer, the forest enforcement oh. agency. I mean, I like where we're going with this cinematically. I think it's a good idea, um, and it, you have to draw something to the tree if this thing is being contained or whatever. Like if they got rid of clearly... every other piece of radiation. And instead of just chopping down and burning this tree or bringing it to the lab for testing or whatever they would do, right. that they just keep it under watch. So it's it's almost like this thing has to somehow – I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it would make sense if whatever this thing is is tied to this tree somehow. Not really. That's – in fact, I'm the first to say that's the loosest, most tenuous connection ever. It is not associated well, with the tree. I guess I'm taking I two, just – I I'm found ta- this piece of information right. now – completely separate from this other piece of information and i can't help but to conflate them because that's what my yeah. mind wants but to do well because it's hard to not it's hard to ignore right yeah both. but absolutely if you, if you take the consider you're in the same area with two two anomalies right so it's not that far of a stretch to be like they could be related it is a stretch but same area two anomalies could they be connected well possibly but it's no different than somebody's a bunch of people seeing shit in the sky and something falling Right. And they associate the fallen And then two object. days later, some weird shit fucking happens. Okay, okay so I guess see we, something, okay, and so, it's like, well, it's not a stretch to imagine that. I, wa- right. I wanted to marry these two together in some unholy tree blackmailing union, but I guess maybe we can't because we don't really have the information for well, it. We certainly don't because this is a very yeah. sparse account, and, okay. and tracking down additional information is almost impossible. But what I wouldn't rule out is the sheer amount of radiation that was likely deposited in this in this Sector 4 region of... El Verde between 63 and 73 when this uh, occurrence happened. Who knows what that might have affected? Like, not to, uh, this one tree still stands, so that makes it something that'll stir the, cur- the curiosity. And chances are the monitoring isn't obviously with armed guards, it's with scientists checking the sap in the soil like every three months or something. But that aside, the forest yeah. was literally gamma irradiated. Okay. Just to see what would happen to it for right. an extended period of time. <clears throat> And then a specific tree was injected in 68, and that became a whole separate thing. So who knows what radiation might have done to something there? So, yeah. because I don't know much about radiation. Well, I, all well, I know I learned from Toho Studios. Okay, so... Yeah. And Marvel <laughs> Comics. Mean, in science, 
does radiation actually like? I mean, I know it can cause mutations. There's gigantism. There, but mutations never happen in what's but exposed. It, it always happens in the next generation, right? But isn't it generally like? Well, no, I guess because like Chernobyl. There's Chernobyl worms that are pretty effing big, as, right. as shown in the horrible like, Godzilla ninety eight. Like birth defects from like Chernobyl. Yeah, and that but horrible, I mean, horrible birth defects. Doesn't it generally just end in can in yes. terrible cancer? No, when Peter Parker got bit by the spider, that that's not powers, that's leukemia. Yeah, <laughs> generally <laughs> speaking, that, that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if Maybe. if whatever. I guess I, I don't, Who's have, to say this I don't thing have the information isn't for what, what cancer looks like when it gets two feet, starts walking around, and imitating. Oh, so it's child. like the X Files episode oh. Where, oh, where cancer became yeah, that was like a dude that like was cancer, cancer incarnate. Yeah. Oh, that's scummy. Or it's a dark elf. Or it's a dark elf. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. And that's I the mean, other thing too. I mean, <laughs> or it's dark elf. It is yeah. a forest with a lot of uh, spiritual history, as we were saying, yeah. even though we don't know most of it, and a lot of it's very positive. But then again, what I've read about the spiritual history, not surprisingly, was found on tourist sites. So I've go to government websites. There's not a lot in the news right. uh, because the government is going to tell you about national parks and things that were there. That's how I stumbled across this whole Atomic Energy Commission, you know, yeah. scenario. But then the tourist sites are going to tell you, and the local town of people say, "Oh, it's the in the dwarf yeah, forest, you, covered in mists and gentle, yeah. you know, rivers." There's the good, you know, spirit of the mountain that wants to hug you and snuggle and maybe give you a handy if you get along well enough and send you home with smiles. But it turns out it, it steals your kid and tries to coax your your common law wife and daughter out of the car to probably <clears throat> eviscerate them in the worst way possible by emulating the missing yeah. kid. So is it psychic? Does it look into her mind and think what is her but most burning desire, draw it out and then use it against her. They would make me think it might go towards like well, listen, paranormal. They said it; it was yeah. outside, and they said it lunged, right? Well, yeah, it, it reached forward quickly, palm against the windshield, yeah. right? Big but giant it, chicken claw. It, it, it jetted. Well, it jetted once she started so slamming maybe, on the horn and maybe screaming. Maybe it was just maybe that it tried to communicate. Maybe the kid's trapped in the fucking other side of the tree, and this thing was just trying to fucking help. You know, that's interesting. It no. didn't know how to fucking help. If this were as a, <laughs> like, if this weren't a bad was 19, a bad nineteen fifties atomic scare movie and it <laughs> yeah, were yeah. conversely yeah. an episode written by Rod Serling of the Twilight Zone, yeah, exactly. the twist would be you fear something because you find it ugly and terrifying. Right, but it's when really trying to help you, yeah. it's trying to it, it, it's it's it doesn't know how to communicate with you, so it communicates to you with the voice of the thing you want to hear because it wants to bring you to it. Yeah. And then you react in terror and noise and shrieking and honking. And you scare this gentle ebony creature of the forest away that just happens to be seven foot tall, just clawed try, and horrible looking. Trying to help. And it was just like, man, I just I want I want to bring your kid home. I don't know if I believe that, but it's boy, sweet irony. I if mean, it was. It, it's a happy end. Well, I guess it's, it's not, not a happy, happy ending. ending no, but. It's don't be bigoted against the ugly things because they might have beautiful intentions. Yeah, but they got chicken claws and they're standing so, on your fucking car. Well, no, they're leaning over your car. They're about yeah. seven feet tall. Pressing against your windshield, using your missing child's voice to get you to unlock the door. Doesn't it? Didn't say get out of the car. It said unlock the door, which implies like, yeah, it, maybe it wasn't strong enough to open the door. It knows what a lock is, right. so that's interesting. And and once it's unlocked, what is? I mean, is it? Does it feed on you? Does it? Does it hug you? Does it's it bring just, you to the it's other just world? Trying to help. I would be curious. To, yeah, <laughs> I feel I'd be curious like just to, uh, trying to, to see like the different like folklore in the area. Just I, mean, I would I would love to be able to find. It could be like if it's like some weird like forest witch or something. Right. Like I could t- kind of see that, or like, but like you said, demonic possibly. Um, I mean, there is a rich history of 
of folklore in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I mean, obviously, in the 90s, they just basically spontaneously gave birth to the legend of the chupacabra, as emblazoned on Chris's sh- uh, shirt. Yeah. And that's where the original stories of the lizard skins, porcupine back, kangaroo-legged, yeah. red-eyed monstrosity, not the hairless dog of Texas fame, which is the liar's chupacabra, uh, as I call it. The liar's dingo. There's a lot of great legends from Puerto Rico that... So, so it wouldn't surprise me that if there were from this densely forested region that had been preserved because it's a national park, um, traditional uh, lore of what was said to live there long before, maybe even right. into prehistory. Yeah. But I don't know it because I, I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, and the tree obviously is interesting because it just seems like... That just struck me as fascinating. Now, I do see some information here, though, that in 2018, the radioactive materials licensed for the tree... Uh, study in Area 4 was terminated. Termination was based on radioact- radio- radi- God damn it, radiological conditions, meeting the criteria for protectiveness. The tree is no longer regulated and has been released for unrestricted use. That's a weird sentence use. for a tree. Yeah. That's a that weird is- sentence for a tree. So did it finally just leave in 2007? It yeah. fulfilled like, its mission. Uh, yeah, I'm done here. Or I'm, or did they finally? Were they able to kill it? Were they finally able to lure it out of its wooden womb, murder it for all its evil deeds with the government's full acumen and resources? Finally able to torch it, burn it, and then use, you know, of course, a Catholic priest that was in army fatigues to further bless and hollow the site, and then finally said, "This tree is clean." This is a great trailer is, to a movie is, I want to see. It is open for what? What do they say here? Uh, it is no longer regulated. And released for unrestricted use. <laughs> it just seems so weird for a tree. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Use. Why, why, why have they not? Why did they just not cut it down and study it? I mean, like, is, this like, full is this like a goddamn redwood or something? Uh, is it like, the rarest tree that's ever been? Yeah. So I mean, it has I to be. Had to have been exhibiting something abnormal well, that well, they were wanting to keep an eye on, but it wasn't necessarily probably harmful, but just. I mean, if if the tree's producing some like I don't know, like phantom power or something, it's just shooting energy. Out yeah, of it, and dude, it's like, if, holy if you let shit, me live, look. I'll, I'll leave a pizza here once a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, right. all right, they they were attempting uh, to amend the NRC license. I'm not sure what that is. Basis for application. Um, in in so doing, here's basically what a group wanted to extend the protection of the tree because they found that it was still a dangerous level, the total effective dose equivalent equivalent for the area of elevated gamma activity around the tree was still dangerous using a worst-case scenario. Now, I know that's a really convoluted, confusing that is thing a confusing to, statement. to read. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically what I'm, what I'm thinking, and, and, and huh. maybe I'm off a little bit, but, but that some group saying, nope, this tree this tree's good, the tree's clean. As we said, Zelda Rubenstein came down. <sighs> Said the tree is clean from the dead. I think she's dead. I mean, the tree better so. produce fucking gold. But another group was like, based on worst case scenarios, this is still a gamma radiated cesium filled tree, and goddamn it, we should watch it. Which, when you read between the lines, is it still has the horrible irradiated tree demon, and we must be very cautious to protect the people that live in this area. I mean, just, just burn the fucker down. If it was only so simple, that's why I, fi- I think it's a it's a complex. I think there's a there's a there's, there's a an underground story. fight for <laughs> it's like the underworld fight that the world we don't know about. Where is the there like a pagan fairies are fighting the fucking 
a pagan cult that's there to defend the tree? Like, no, the yeah. tree must live. The tree, is, is the tree like a, harbors the dark god, the coming also, of the one that loves. Is this like a proposed. weird, like, uh, like a subplot from like Hellboy Two: The Golden Army it's or sure, something? Like, it's it, kind of what it sounds. If like. this movie got made, Del Toro yeah. would be the only one to do oh, it yeah, justice. Totally. Right. Clearly, totally. it's like in the, it's like there's a f- unaware by humans a, fu- <laughs> a fight rages on between the doodle and the deedles, and we're like. And the tree's at the center of this fight. Yeah. Can you All imagine right. if the U.S. government was in charge with, of negotiating with the fairies and the wee folk for peace over the, the uh, you El know Yunque this was tree? Uh, this was covered in bright. Oh really? Yeah. Well, not okay. Sort of covered in bright. You guys ever? You, you guys? I, you see know, bright? I'm not super horny to see <gasps> no. bright. You know, it's not terrible. But I like orcs. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. Makes you uncomfortable, I guess. Okay. Just kind of, I don't know. That's not what well, I'm looking for yeah. in a cinema yeah. experience. I, I, I didn't hate it. It wasn't bad. Right. But, but yeah, maybe there's some sort of uh, uh, elven folklore-ish type of situation. Boy, we are going out on limbs yeah, today. Yeah, we are. It's, it's, yeah. You know, that's part of what's fun. Let's, let's draw this all back to okay. what we have. We have just the incident with this creature. I assume the two. that Anna would not make a story up. Oh, oh. A woman, anybody is not beyond, you know, weaving tales, but a woman that just recently lost her child going back to a place ostensibly where he went missing from and, you know, her husband and friends are still searching. She's waiting in the car, praying that they turn up something and something positive, no doubt. I don't see her making something up. Why I would rule out hallucination and or mental illness and or just an anxiety, nervous, induced nervous breakdown, which she should clearly and easily suffer from and it would be justified is because two people saw it right and and yeah and, and her daughter actually saw it first now even though we don't specifically yeah. hear from her because i don't even know what age she was i don't know if she was a, yeah, a, a young really teen say. or right. a, a grammar school kid um she saw it first so when mom's about to unlock the door and be like oh my god my baby's home she's like oh yeah so you, you and then have, they see it yeah. together you have the two people experiencing this um just that lends credibility to a small degree. It does. It doesn't prove anything, no. but it makes me less inclined to think it's just a hoax. Right. I mean, they don't really have, again, much to gain. Nothing to gain. And the notoriety wrong, really. doesn't help them in the search for their child. No. Was the kid ever found? Not that I could find. Oof, That's man. the problem. When I say it was mysterious, not only because any child missing is mysterious, but also because the facts. It's not to say that they're not in a police station somewhere in Puerto Rico in a right. cold case file, hopefully yeah. not destroyed. And it's not to say somebody, maybe a listener from that region, couldn't do some research for us. And boy, wouldn't that be helpful oh, and awesome. That would be great if you did do that. That would be sweet. But we from New York State, have no access to this. No. I'd almost be curious, too, is the numbers. Like, I wonder what the numbers of missing children in that forest specifically are. Missing people in general, missing children specifically. specifically. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because if there is a trend at this, this might be the first time. It's sort of like the black-eyed kid phenomenon in that, you know, they're always saying, open the door for me. And, like, if you don't, they apparently can't get you. But you never know what happens to those who do. Because there's, yeah, no, there's, there's no, there's no record, yeah. And, of course, we'll be doing that at some point. That's a very expansive uh, uh, legend. But but this is similar in the sense that it apparently needs to be let in or simply isn't strong enough to open the door or, like, a vampire requires some sort of permission, which, again, implies some sort of paranormal origins. Right. And, and, and then you think to yourself, how many times has the door been opened and we will just never hear that story? So this thing could have been seen by maybe dozens of people. Well, and maybe before they, they just were never before they, they didn't survive. Yeah. yeah, they didn't survive yeah. to make a report. Right, or they oh. had to make a pact with it to not tell the tale. Oh, 
again. Oh, uh, like the gargoyles in uh, Oh, and Tales from the Dark Side. Right. Dark Side with uh, Ray Don Chong. Ray Don Chong. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're stretching it again. Of course we are. <laughs> we're stretching it. Well, we, we don't have much. This is the Stretch Armstrong <laughs> yeah. of stories yeah. because it's really hard because there's so many tantalizing tidbits okay. that are technically unrelated except for geography. Right. And 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 so you can't help. I mean, human beings want patterns. We string things together. Well, that's. That the is deal. us. That yeah. is how we survive. That is how we've destroyed the environment and taken over the world. And that's the deal. It's the good and the bad of the human race is that we seek patterns, find them, and establish them whether or not they're justified. In this case, these things are so close that it's almost impossible. It begs you to try to link them, even though we all in- intellectually and intuitively understand that we are really reaching here. Yeah. But that's kind of, I mean, there's nothing fun about a missing child, but what's interesting no. about a creature like this and an intentionally irradiated national forest, which, how the hell are you doing this in a national forest? I know it was 63 I and there were no I rules, mean, but come yeah, on. Yeah, no one gave fucks back then. No, Shouldn't, I mean, scientists uh, could do whatever they want. I mean, I would think, in, you know, not that there were a lot of dead bodies, but I would assume that with the handling <laughs> of these type of isotopes, what? that eventually there would be some sort of like indication of like, hey, Ted, this isn't good. Well, if they had to My decontaminate. I have blue ears. There's probably some like some cancer in the area. I mean, if people are getting water and food from that area and it's deeply irradiated and then yeah. the animals are eating the plants. Dude, you're never going to get la, that la, out la, of the la, water. La. That, that's going to that's gonna pollute the water table for generations. It's never going to get out of the water table. Oh, I'm sure, gonna, it's it's huge, gonna I'm sure it's like the Flint, well, Michigan of Puerto Rico. Like just a, yeah, an environmental, yeah, government-caused nightmare that could have totally been avoided, should never have happened, and yet there it is, and, and the people that live there are the ones that have I to suffer I'd also be with interested yeah. uh, to know well, today what's going on with that area. Absolutely. Because, you know, like Chernobyl is still basically just abandoned. The same thing with uh, yeah. Fukushima. I couldn't find any right? reports. Oh, yeah, but Fukushima, I mean, that, happened, that was bad. That, and that wasn't not that, that long, long ago. ago. But, I mean, even Chernobyl wasn't, I mean, how many years ago it was It was mid-80s, 86. Yeah. But it's still totally just desolate, right? Oh, well, like, there's it's, nothing. You can't, like, animals have re-infested, uh, I guess, you know, yeah, repopulated the area. Yeah, things in there, but you can't, you can't remain leave. there. Like, you're not... You're not Advised yeah, to. you're not going to live there cancer-free. You're yeah. not going to build your dream cottage in Chernobyl. Wasn't there a thing? Maybe I could. This could be told as some clickbait uh, Facebook bullshit. But wasn't there someone that they were doing like tours? Sure, like up to the area. You but wear not a radiation like... patch. You know, you make sure you're safe. Uh, I don't know. Man. You see the desolation of it all. Sure. I, I mean, anything you can monetize, people are going to monetize. And the local community probably doesn't have a hell of a lot that they can turn a profit on. So, Well, that's right. So they're going to do I mean, it. I mean, yeah. the people that are don't have much self-preservation skills and are curious, why not exploit them? Yeah, I don't hold it against them. True. But I don't know how that relates to Sector 4 of the El Verde no, section no, it doesn't. of the El UK yeah. National Forest in Puerto Rico. All right, so it's a dark elf. It's so, a yeah, demon. So <laughs> I don't, it's I, good. It's bad. It's a forest witch. I mean, it's it's probably bad. We don't know that. I, I mean, yeah. I love that. I love the Twilight Zone irony of what you're suggesting that, you know, it's like, here's the sound of your child. This is what I want you to, you know, know and come yeah, with but, me. But your angle of the, like, it's like a uh, a turkey or duck call. Like yeah, that. but it sounds exactly like, how would yeah. it know? And, 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 here's the, here's the Unless other. it killed the child and the, well, well, the yeah, child's that's, voice. That's the thing. It, it, it can only know, assuming this is all That's the true, only way. It can, no, it can only know in, in two ways. The first is what Chris said. It killed the child. It knows the sound of the child's voice, or, or kidnapped and is holding it somewhere. It knows the sound of the child's voice, and it somehow, by scent, like an animal or something, recognizes that this is its family, the right. child's family, and is using it to beckon them. One. Two, this has 
the ability to extract thoughts from a mind because oh, yeah. because well. both I mean yes people are like ESP it's it's crazy telekinetics but but that almost makes more sense. It'd be more likely to take the sounds from the mother's head that it wants to hear to use that as a temptation than it would happen to be. I happened to take your kid three months ago. I am a perfect mimic of his voice. Right. I'm saying something that's not just random, like "Mommy, help me" or "or help me" or something the kid would have said to you know to the monster or about the monster, like "Stop, leave me alone." Right. It's saying "Unlock the door," so it's making a logical extension of what it evidently wants. The Which predator, is an open the, door. The, the uh, shit. The Predator did that in, in the in the Predator movies. It, it did. Yeah. And again, this predates the Predator. It does. This is true. Though I'm pretty sure this thing has camouflage skills, much much in the same way. Ah, active camo is one of my favorite things. Yeah. The predator. I that's, love it. He's got a wrist nuke. <laughs> yeah, and it bends light, and then it's a ho 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 ho. Maybe that's why they didn't kill the tree. Oh. He's like, dude's got a wrist nuke. <laughs> <laughs> dude's got a wrist nuke. All right, so this is bizarre. Um, we obviously don't have any conclusion to it. No. Because there isn't the a report, conclusion to have. The report is one fucking paragraph long. That's yeah. it. And I have searched and searched, and I, it's all I could find. All right. And it was published on a, a website of uh, ufology from Puerto Rico. Um, I'll, it's mentioned in the actual article, which we'll be putting up simultaneously with this podcast. Yeah. So this yeah. article will not exist until the podcast goes up. So it's our first conjoined release. It's a dual launch. Um, and so you'll be able to check out the Duel. original Spanish language thing. But it's very sparse. But but somebody that might be able to be on the ground in that area and somebody that speaks Spanish, which is something none of us do, and, and that maybe could find out more about the circumstances and maybe, God willing, the kid showed back up. And and yeah, maybe, maybe there's a nice. happy ending. I know that's just wishful thinking on my part, but God, that would be nice. Yeah. But what made me want to do this story is is that it's such an interesting creature. What it does is haunting and terrible. Using the voice of a missing child on the mother and and, and his sister, and 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 then the, the fact that the theories range from the most outlandishly paranormal to the most outlandishly secular you know ufological and then when i stumbled across this report from the atomic energy commissioner the department of energy whatever it is now um that has nothing to do with it but is right there but it's it's kind of weird i I felt like all these things came together it was a story that demanded to be told even if there's more missing spaces it's it's too weird to have two anomalies like that in the same area though it's It's, too weird this is like a 22 page report that has like 17 of the pages redacted. It's what's not there. No, that I know that's so intriguing. Yeah. But yeah. that well, but I felt there was just enough that we would it would be yeah. worth for us to explore. The only little. thing that would make it more, even worse if there was like a spat of missing kids. Yeah, and that might be the case. That's what I was wondering if this is something that would like, be that if, would be like if, forget the, it. if within that year like 20 kids went missing. Like well or right, even between that's... like when they started irradiating it in the early 60s. Right. And, and then even beyond, because who's to say it ended in 73? Yeah, well, any abnormal yeah. amount. I mean, anything over a couple is really abnormal it's, in a few it, years. Because it's not a huge yeah. national park. That's what I mean. Like, there is, you know, I haven't... Especially st- in a uh, national park. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Especially. An but, American yeah. United States National Park. There is a uh, there is a documentary out there. It's called, like, The Missing 411, I think. And it's about, like, people that go missing in national parks. I haven't seen it yet. It's been in my queue for the last, like, six months. But I... I wouldn't mind checking that out. I mean, obviously, I don't think it really pertains to this story. Would but would be it interesting. Does pertain to it in that people missing in national parks, though. If so. it's a, this is this story is you know ostensibly about a kid that went missing in a national park. So if they mention it, that would be fascinating. Yeah, well, yeah. So I promise our listeners this: 
if we come across any additional information, if mm-hmm. somebody is able to send us some, anything we can do on a follow-up, we are just as curious as you are. And yeah, I know totally. this is kind of the equivalent of auditory blue balls because what we really <laughs> have thrown is a lot of shit on the wall and just saw what stick and almost none of it does but that doesn't matter it's still fucking fascinating and we are just as curious as you so if there's ever any more we will not leave you hanging no not at all so be sure to hit us up if you have any information about this uh there you have it thank you for joining us uh be sure to follow us on the social medias again facebook couple of problems with the feds right now no big deal we'll keep our eye on that you keep your eye on that hit us up on uh twitter instagram be sure to rate and read the podcast helps us out greatly thank you to all of our listeners who continue to get a hold of us and let us uh know your thoughts suggestions comments and uh and all the feedback so far has been super positive Word. I know, I love it. And I've been it's, really it's phenomenal. Uh, Thank you, know, you so much, guys. The weekly and emails. Gals. I'm getting way more weekly emails now, which is super cool. It's nice to catch up with everybody. And if it does take me a little bit to get back to you, just just give me a give me a couple of days. Yeah, feel because Mark is a one man operation. It, here. It, yeah, I got to hit up all I'm the remedial socials and everything with so. technology. I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just a guy that likes monster stories. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's that's just about it. So thank you for all of your continued support. We appreciate it greatly and we'll be talking to you next week. Laters. And just don't just don't trust the skinny things. And if you do, try to have a GoPro so you know if you're being taken to rescue a loved one or if you're going to be devoured. Because the rest of us really need yeah, to know. Yeah, don't make a deal with a tree. <laughs> Feel the tree. Burn the tree. Yeah, don't that something I want to know about this fucking tree. Burn it. Burn it.